welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, everyone. My name is, uh, my name is Ralph. I get the privilege of serving here and, and loving Jesus and, and loving the body of Christ, loving you all as part of the New Hope family. If you're a guest, we're, we're glad you're with us. And um, if, if you get to know me, one of the, one of the things you'll know about me is that you've you got to keep it real, right? You've got to keep it real. So we received news this morning... And um, I don't know how anyone would be able to move forward, no matter what they had prepared or what they had planned, um, just to take a moment here. Do you remember last week we read the verse in 1 Corinthians 12? If you were here last week, we read a powerful scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. And we started, we read most of the, uh, most of the important part of the passage where it talks about we're one body but many members. Remember that? And how valuable each member of the body was and how we work together as a body with many members and many gifts. And, there's a, and last week we took a piece of this because last week we had a joyous celebration. We celebrated last week. Uh, we ordained a couple that had, been, had grown up here before our eyes and Steve and Joy were set in as ordained and associate pastors of New Hope and we use the scripture out of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. And we highlighted this part. If one member of the body is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. So last week we rejoiced. Well, we just received news this morning that it says in verse 26, I just read the end of that. Here's what it says in verse 26. And if one member suffers... All the members suffer with it. So whether you know this individual or not or have an intimate friendship with this individual or not, we have a beautiful part of our family here, uh, Brad and Heather Chan. How many of you know Brad and Heather Chan? And they're five beautiful kids. They just had a little baby boy two days ago on May 1st. And Heather's dad passed this morning at 7.30 or so, and he's in the presence fully with Jesus. So how do, how do you get kind of punched in the stomach, right? And, and, and you come to celebrate the goodness of God. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw it, but I had to leave here to go into the prayer room to kind of compose myself uh, because I believe what I have to share actually fits perfectly with it. But we're a family, and when one part suffers, the whole body suffers. Uh, I don't know, you can't be a, a normal human being not to feel the sense of loss and the heartache. And what's really important for me to say, I believe that's one of the responsibilities I have um, to this house especially, is that I personally had been to the hospital to pray we prayed with friends. We had other people here praying, communicating with Eunice yesterday. That's Heather's mom. At one point, she was uh, obviously very concerned about the situation. And in my spirit, I just said, Eunice, all we can do is exercise a ridiculous faith to believe. 
So keep fighting. And, um, you know, we sang he's perfect in all of his ways this morning. I don't understand. I'm not afraid to say I don't know why or I don't understand. But this I do know. God is good. And we are on this side contending and fighting to see the level of kingdom activity and reality increase on the earth. We're not there yet. You have to understand and remember that there are battles that seem to be lost. But it's interesting how it'll fit into the message today because I was with my wife this week. Obviously, I've been working through the situation for days and a couple weeks. But I said, Wanda, one of the things the Lord has been teaching me is how I view death. Because really, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we go from life to life. That is a reality. If you believe... In Jesus. And we're not just believing like we're, we receive him, we have this amazing promise of eternal life, and we just endure all this years of like toil and wasted time that someday we'll get to heaven. We'll talk about that because in John 17 it says this is eternal life, that you'll know him. That's, like the minute we got born again, the minute we got quickened, the minute we went from literally spiritual death to life, we were awakened and born again we began to experience eternal life. So, Bre- uh, so Chad has been experiencing eternal life. And we were believing for a miracle. We were believing for healing. And he passed this morning. And let's just join together in agreement to say, God, the Father, who is a good, good Father, cover Eunice and her family. There are six beautiful children grieving cover the spouses, and cover the grandchildren for this tremendous loss that they're feeling and disappointment and heartache that they're experiencing right now. And God, I pray that you would reveal your love and your heart to them. And God, I pray that you would just cover them and comfort them with a supernatural comfort that only you can provide for them. Father, we ask that your presence would be so evident and tangible and real as they're gathering right now and they're crying and they're grieving and they're hugging and they're planning. Father, we as a part of the body of Christ, when one part suffers, we all suffer. And we just want to bring that to you. And we just release it. And we, and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so... We continue to contend. Don't give up fighting. Don't give up believing. Don't give up praying for the sick. Don't believe. Don't give up. All right? Don't give up. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn to Isaiah 9, verse 6. Uh, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Isn't it funny how we use certain passages of Scripture only during certain seasons? If you're familiar with this Scripture, you would think it's Christmas morning. And we're going to read that a child is born to us. This is an amazing passage of Scripture that you can use any Sunday, by the way. Any Sunday, this Scripture will work. So Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says this. I'm reading now the King... uh, Uh, King James Version, New King James, I'm sorry. 
For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I'm just going to end there. There will be no end. If you're here today and you believe in Jesus, then who is the child that was born to us? Jesus. Simple. I should have all yeses on that one. Who is the child born to us? Because I know how that feels, right? You do not want to yell out, like, the wrong answer. Right? I mean, we're all, like, trick question. Who is the child born to us? Jesus! You can answer that with confidence. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful. He's Wonderful. Counselor. He's Mighty God. He's a warrior. He's Everlasting Father. And he's Prince of Peace. And we're going to focus a little bit this morning on this Prince of Peace. How many of you know you need to know the Prince of Peace intimately? Because it's amazing that I did not know what was going to happen this week, just like I don't know what's going to happen next week. But the Lord already prepares you, and he speaks to you, and he reveals things to you. And I believe this is something we just need to, to hear today. The Prince of Peace, when you look up the word the Prince of Peace, it's really simple. You know what it means? Shalom, shalom. He's the Prince of Shalom, shalom. The Prince of Peace. We could, I love when you could just take it and say, Jesus is the Prince of Rest. He's the Prince of Wholeness in prosperity and peace and safety and life. Jesus is the resting place. As believers in Jesus, we're going to unfold this today, but you don't have to find a place to rest. You actually are in the place to rest. And we talk about this abode. He abides in us. He dwells in us. He lives in us. And Jesus is alive in those who say yes to him. He's alive. So the Lord, we're going to be talking about this word rest. As clear as a bell, finished the ordination last week. It was a celebration. And the Lord said, I want you to share with my people about rest. And it's so fun because we use, um, how many of you are like know Bill Johnson or love Bill Johnson or have heard many messages from Bill Johnson? If you, if, you're, if you like that, I always love when the things you learn is he said, if you pray that Jesus will be with you and you pray that prayer with all sincerity of your heart, then you're going to be disappointed because you're not going to receive any joy from that prayer. Why? He's already with you. You're praying for something that has already been established. So when we say, we don't have to say, we need to enter into his rest. Remember, that was then, and this is now? That was then, this is now. 
in the most difficult of situations, all we have to do is go, the awareness of the Prince of Peace, Shalom, Shalom. Where is the... I, I don't have to go find it. I could be in my car and I got to go to a certain place in my house because, you know, that one little closet's the only Shalom, Shalom zone. <laughs> because, because I have to enter into a place of rest. <clears throat> it's interesting because I don't want to be offensive to anybody because how many of you know the arts? Sue Rosser's taken back yoga, right, Sue? Where is she? She's downstairs. But you know, the resting place is not yoga. The resting place is not a New York state of mind. Alicia Keys, it's not a New York state of mind. That's like chaos. It's not meditation. What is that thing? Trans. Yeah, it's not that. It's not folding your legs, sitting on a mountain, going, I got to get into the zone. I got to find my peace. I got to find my center. What's other interesting is peace is not the lack of activity. Lazy people, lazy people don't experience rest because they're not doing anything. They're just lazy. I wrote that on my notes, I remember. They're just lazy people. Movers and shakers, you know, movers and shakers can experience the unlimited abundance of rest. In the whirlwind of activity, because they know where their rest is. And their rest is right here. It's this abiding presence of a living God that says, at any moment, I can enter, I can experience rest. I can experience his rest. It's a powerful thing, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the shelter. He is the anchor in the storm. He is the abounding one of unlimited grace and mercy. And he's available to us 24-7. I'm going to link that a little bit to John. I'm going to read John 10.10. Okay, so if you want to follow along a little bit, we're going to read John 10.10. If you've been following a little theme here, I said this was if I was put in jail and I could only take like two pages of scripture, this would be one. Because when I get confused, this always helps me remember that in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the thief comes, the thief comes. I'm sorry. The thief does not come. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This scripture has always anchored me in understanding everything. Kill, rob, destroy, thief, life, abundant life, Jesus. You could say it's kind of good versus evil. It's a reality of life. So the thief comes to kill and to steal, to, to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I've come that you would have life. And have it more abundantly. I never get tired of saying it. It's a, it's a superior life. Exceedingly, abundantly, above, more. It's overflowing. It's super. All in the person of Jesus Christ. The life comes from Jesus. So I don't know if you ever have these fun moments in preparation. But 
uh, I'm preparing. It's like I literally get up in the middle of the night, and I know that I'm awake, but I'm like, you know, I think that's what happened to Peter when he was in a trance. They called it a trance because he saw the sheet unfold, remember, several times. And in that moment, I know that I'm awake. I'm, I'm lying there, and I literally hear the Holy Spirit. And this is kind of a fun little thing, how God talks to me. So he talks to everybody differently. But, I, you know, if we were member, members of Congress, I don't know how they write laws and stuff, but I, called, I felt like the Lord, I heard the Abundant Life Provision Act. You know, so if, you're gonna, if we're in Congress, I want to pass the Abundant Life Provision Act. And you know how it lists everything that happens? And then I heard Jesus say it's available to all. The Abundant Life Provision Act is available to all. And here's what I wrote down. I literally, I, got, I use my phone, if anybody knows me. I got one that I think would really crack everybody up. I thought about doing it this morning. But if you're one friend of mine and you want to laugh, I got a good one. I got a really good one. The Abundant Life Provision Act kind of reads out like this. And I'm going to say Acts 17, 28 first. Because the Abundant Life Provision Act is in him we live and we move and we have our being. In Jesus, in the fullness, in him is everything. In him we live, we move, we have our being. So here's here's the Abundant Life Provision Act. God so loved the world that he sent his son, right? You got to start there. God so loved that he sent his son. And when Jesus came, he came to reveal the Father. So Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to do a lot of things, but that was number on his priority list. I need to reveal the Father, the heart of the Father. He actually said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he came to demonstrate what, well, first he came, first he came, so if we're doing this, one, God so loved the world he sent his son. Two, Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. Three, Jesus declared, first time, the kingdom is here. Jesus said the kingdom is at hand, the kingdom has now arrived, the kingdom is here. And then he goes and he demonstrates what does the kingdom, the rule and reign of God, look like on earth. Because they had not seen it or experienced it yet. And now you see the manifest presence of the living God in his son, Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God, demonstrating the kingdom of God, what it looks like on the earth. Then for the joy that was set before him, He endures the cross. And we talked about this several weeks ago, but you know, we are the the reward of his suffering. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, which was us. And now in his death, burial, and resurrection, we see him ascend into heaven. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He takes his place of authority. You know what's happened ever since that day? All his enemies are being put under his feet. It's not complete, but it's moving. The kingdom is advancing and moving. So he's sitting next to the Father, partnering with his bride, the body of Christ. We are co-heirs, co-laborers with him in the advancing of his kingdom on the earth, putting all his enemies under his feet. That's the abundant life provision act. It's a benefit package that is out of this world right? It's a, it's a benefit package that is accessible and available to every believer that calls on the name of Jesus, whoever would believe. And obviously, I could have said that's the new covenant. It's part of the new covenant or is a new covenant. But I like the Abundant Life Provision Act. 
And in this provision, one of the most powerful things we get to experience is rest. Rest. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. I'm going to be going to the hospital, being very sensitive to the situation, just to go. My prayer would be that I would release peace. Shalom. The Prince of Peace would be manifested through me. I don't have to have the answers. Tell you the truth, if you're ever in that situation, try to zip up any answers because they will talk about you when you leave. For sure. So insensitive. Know-it-alls. have no idea what I'm walking through right now. I don't know why this happened. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God. But you can release the shalom of God, the peace of God, and you can... And we can personally experience his rest. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. This week alone, moment after moment, situation after situation, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know about, about everybody else's life, but, you know, life has kind of a roller coaster feel to it at times. I, mean, I could be riding the wave, whoo, things are going fantastic, feeling like I could conquer the world, and then I'm like trudging through mud, can't barely walk. I can, in all them situations, whether I'm high or low, whatever I'm walking through, the rest is always there. And the moment I can say, Jesus, you're the Prince of Peace. I need to enter into your rest. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I would go, I'd probably go insane if I didn't have that reality. And what's really wild, it's real. You can experience it and you can feel it in chaos and uncertainty. You know, we talk about if you're part of the New Hope family, you've been listening to teachings for a while, we have this idea that we are ambassadors of a kingdom. So in Jonathan Welton Academy, Jonathan did this teaching on planet love versus planet fear. And it's a powerful teaching. It's just a picture. You know, there, there is no planet love and planet fear, but it was a picture of the kingdom realm, the realm of the kingdom in the spirit, the earth is literally filled with, filled with fear. There's a spirit of fear that kind of wants to dom, you know, be, dominant, be dominant on the earth. And so as ambassadors of the kingdom of Christ, our job is to represent properly God, his love, the authority we have as believers, and we get to be ambassadors of his kingdom on the earth, right? It's a beautiful picture. And one of the distinguishing things that will happen to you in every area of your life is that when things kind of go crazy and they see that you are experiencing rest, it will be like a bug to light. It will be like a moth to fire. It will be, why are you able to sustain a level of peace and rest that seems to be in the middle of a storm or uncertainty? And then you get to say, it's because I'm anchored in Jesus. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's a child that was born to us. The government's on his shoulder. And we can enter into a rest that's available 24-7 because he's abiding. We are now the abode of God. And he's dwelling. He's alive. He's living. We can experience it. Another thing, if you get to know me, if this whole Christian experience was all an intellectual experience and I could never feel it, we've been having a lot of fun with different things, but I am a feeler. I have to feel it. I have to be, it has to be alive to me. So we call these encounters or experiences with God that build your testimony, are the concrete of your life that you can say, 
I don't know, man. I got a lot of friends right now. They're going through a lot of uncertainty, and everybody seems to be questioning this beautiful Jesus that I love just as an example. And I'll be like, well, I just went to the shalom zone, or I just asked him in a moment that his peace would flood me like a river because he's the prince of peace. And I asked him if I could just experience his rest. And in my spirit, man, I experienced it. I felt it. I pray that you feel it. I pray that you... I almost had this crazy thing today that almost like, like, like the miracle work in hand, you know? This is before I even heard the news of Chad. That God, I think I could just... If, if there was one person here who was just like, man, my, I, I just, I'm so anxious and filled with fear that if I just touched you right now, boom, I think you'd go down. And I think rest would just flood you and you'd be like on the floor and it'd be just like the spirit of God. Ever feel like that? That's how I feel. So I want to be an ambassador of rest. I want to be a person who believes in the Abundant Life Provision Act because we're resting in his love, we're resting in his grace, we're resting in him. The ability to rest and experience Let's go to Philippians 4, which is such a powerful scripture. Philippians 4, verse 4. I'm sorry, probably we might want to read the whole thing. but uh, Philippians 4. Four is fantastic. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Stop, right? We so quickly read over things. Be anxious for nothing. Is that possible? Be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. What's the number one killer in America? Stress. stress. Heart disease. Stress. Pressure. Paying the bills. Growing the business. Growing the church. Kids. College. Adolescents. Teenagers. Friends. Sometimes so. Okay. Anxious. It says do not be Anxious. Seems like an impossible command. Right, Ryan? Is that possible? <laughs> you know, come on. What are you writing here, Paul? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What happens in verse 7? And the peace of God. The peace of God can be properly communicated and the rest of God. A rest in the midst of a lot of activity and movement, I can enter into a rest. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, it'll actually guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are, are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So be anxious for nothing. You could say the opposite, right? What is it? The opposite ends, right? There's anxiousness and fear and worry and you're driving yourself crazy. 
then there is the shalom of God and there is rest. Which would you rather experience on a consistent basis? Right? I don't know about you, but I'm going for peace and rest. We talked about John 17, 3, because I think it's a very powerful part of this, because you have to know what eternal life is. Eternal life. And let's just read it, because it's worth reading. It's the Gospel of John, verse 17. I'm sorry, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3. I don't want to embarrass any, but... but uh, Stephanie, I was, there's a, a young, beautiful lady here who spoke on Tuesday night at school. And one of the, if, if you've been here like six months, if you've been here six, I haven't done this in a while. Because I usually write it out. Tuesday night she taught and she walked us through Bible scriptures. And you know how with all the technology now, we kind of just, we don't realize how powerful it is to like read a scripture from the Bible. So that's, I was inspired by that. So, Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life. Doesn't get much clearer than that. That they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life. We get to partake and participate and experience eternal life right now. So I, I link that to how can we not experience the shalom and the peace of God and the rest of God on a consistent daily basis because it's available to us because he's the prince of peace and he's alive and this is eternal life that God's people would not be full of anxiety full of stress full of pressure that's killing the world I read a neat article and honestly because we're going to be receiving communion 25 things that happens to a person under extreme stress. It's absolutely fascinating, to be honest with you. It was a fun study. The other part of that is what happens to the human body when you don't get enough rest. If we were a church family, if we looked at us as a whole, corporately as the body of Christ, if we don't experience enough rest, we're going to be manifesting some crazy stuff. If you, as an individual person, don't get enough rest... You're not a very nice person to even be around. Because you've got to see the 25 things that happen to people that are under stress. So anxiety and stress produce this kind of life. And the Abundant Life Provision Act produces this kind of life. You get to be partakers of eternal life right now. You know that part about he guards our hearts and our minds. How many of you know today for Eunice, we prayed for Eunice, and I love their children. It's going to be a supernatural act for Heather, for Brad, and their families. God, guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Guard them. Protect them. Watch over them. Let the peace of God that surpasses understanding flood them. We're going to receive communion today. And um, communion is a beautiful thing to participate in. There's a powerful scripture in 1 Corinthians 11. There's many, but it's this beautiful picture of the Last Supper and Jesus 
with his disciples. He knows he's going to die. He's going to be betrayed. So how about how that passage opens up in First Corinthians? On the night in which he was betrayed, right? On that night, of all nights, they had their supper. They broke the bread. They drank the wine. And what I kept meditating, meditating all week on was here is the Prince of Peace. He's going to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. His body's going to be broken so that forever our birthright could be healing and wholeness in body, soul, and spirit, every area of our life. And he's breaking the bread, and he says, every time we do it, do this in remembrance of me. So as we receive and partake, participate today in communion, I want us to be very, very aware of the Abundant Life Provision Act, okay? And obviously, I could have called this, you know, the, the new covenant, a better covenant with better promises. It's an everlasting covenant between God and his son, Jesus. And he established it forever. So, ushers, we're going to receive communion together today. And Steve, my friend, are you going to play keyboard for me? I appreciate it. I like keeping it really simple. And uh, even with Steve's beautiful ability to play the keyboard, I ask that it would be simple. That we would even now enter into a rest. And so what I want to do is... Um, Remember, we, we got a lot, there's always activity, right? Remember, I, I've been doing this lately, but I think I know why. Because there's a sensitivity that happens when we dismiss and break of what is God doing after the service. If we're experiencing, encountering God, if God's releasing prophetic words over here, that's pretty powerful. If he's healing somebody over here, that's pretty powerful. And I kind of want to be with this group today because that little thing I said about you need some rest, I, I think I got some for you. And I believe in laying on of hands. I believe that, man, if your life is full of really anxious or you have never experienced like a laser beam or lightning bolt, whatever I'm trying to say, you've never felt it, I believe in God wants to touch you. And as we're receiving communion today and we're, we're participating together, you know, I, I see, I'm, I'm out here, I see individuals, I see families, I see couples. I want us to partake of it if you're a family, then do it as a family. You know, I'm just going to pick on Mike. I know Mike here is alone. Mike's got friends here. But Mike, gather around a few friends. Don't want nobody partaking alone. I actually want to hand it out. And then we're going to take a little moment of, of quietness. And even for you right now, see, be, be with family. Sometimes you ever do that? We break a little bit off and you serve the other person. Ever do that? It's pretty powerful. If you're a couple, if you're a family, if you're friends, you want to partake... They say, I want to, let's serve each other. Let's serve each other. The, his body that was broken, his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins and for wholeness, healing, and life. So let's, uh, let's partake. We're going to hand out the, the, the body, the matzah. Stephen has one too. And in 1 Corinthians verse 11... It is amazing. On the night he was betrayed, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and he said, Take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time we, we do this, we're literally, we, we are, this is not a, a religious ritual. This is, I pray, an experience that we would have. So as everybody receives what is a symbol of his body that was broken, just take it. We're all going to wait together. And I'm going to share mine with Steve because we're up here. I'm going to take a little piece of Steve and I'm going to say, Steve, as we receive this, let's partake of this. Let's, let's do this in memory of, of him. His body was broken for us. There's an intensity about that that Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just reveal more of, of that significance. And the provision, the provision that was made that we could experience life, an abundant life, through your obedience to the Father and this beautiful new covenant. So we'll let everybody uh, receive that. And again, if you're, if you're with somebody... share a little bit not to say much just just enjoy it and really it's really interesting because the Lord has been opening my eyes to see more what is the symbol of the Holy Spirit come on this is not a trick question either what's the symbol of the Holy Spirit the dove the white dove right there there are wings in this room right now the Holy Spirit is here right now and he's helping us He's awakening us to rest. He's awakening us to the reality of the Prince of Peace this morning as we're participating. He's alive. He's here with us. You guys have some too. You're ready. I don't want you to... Together, you can partake. So every time you do this, do it in remembrance of Him. You break the bread... You remember the, the beautiful Jesus who gave his life so we could live. The provision that this now, 2,000 plus years later, provides for us as his believers. So participate. Here, my brother, I love you. Participate. I love you, man. body was broken, Steve, so that we can live forever, stress-free, anxiety-free, full of life. Thank you, Jesus. The reality of your rest, stress-free. Anxiety, bow to the name of Jesus. Shalom, shalom be spoken over your people. The peace of God rule and reign in your lives. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your circumstances are, we thank you, Jesus. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant 
in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Sasha will hand out the Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you are here because your word says when two or three are gathered in your name that you're present here with us. And Holy Spirit, you're resting, you're you're manifesting life right now to us. And Holy Spirit, my prayer this whole week has been that we would be awakened to the ease and the accessibility that we have to experience rest. We could say supernatural rest. Everything in the kingdom is supernatural. But we can experience you as the Prince of Peace. We can experience your rest. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for your goodness. And as we receive, we participate together. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So what we're doing here is this is a symbol or it's representing the blood. The shed blood of the King of kings and Lord of lords so that once and for all sin would be forgiven forever we thank you for the forgiveness of sin we thank you Jesus as we receive this and we do it in remembrance of you and again take a moment if you're with somebody just to, just to say thank you Jesus for forgiveness of sin with whoever you're doing it with Better covenant, a new covenant. Thank you for a new covenant. Jesus said it. This is this cup represents a new covenant, a better covenant, better promises. We have been restored by faith in Christ. We've been restored to the Father. The veil's been torn from top to bottom. 
Everyone who believes has a VIP pass to the heart of God, has a relationship with God. He doesn't turn anybody away. Whoever believes in him receives. Jesus, we thank you for the everlasting covenant. And it's been, it's been accomplished once and for all, now forever. It does never has to be repeated again. Your shed blood for the forgiveness of sins. We rejoice in that, Lord.